Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to the final Ralph Report of the week. Maybe ever, given the way I'm feeling. No. Yes. No. (laughs) (laughs) It is your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, sitting here in the Batcave in an oxygen tent and an iron lung, just in case. I'm your old podcast pal. Are you feeling any better? Maybe for the last time. No, stop saying that. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. (laughs) I shall go into that dark night. Don't don't follow the light. Stay away from the light. Uh, I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit. This is a uh, this is a uh, not a uh, rapidly improving situation oh it's pretty much staying the same you still sound very congested well do i well good i'm glad to know that i sound as bad as i feel <laughs> you don't sound bad it would be awful i can tell you're not your normal speaking it would be voice. awful if i was just sounding great and yet on the inside feeling <laughs> awful i'm glad i look and sound just as bad as i feel no, so you look good actually well you actually look very it's better to look good than to feel good <laughs> as they used to say uh, we got one more show before the end of the week, and then I'll take the weekend off, and I'll just sleep for 24 hours, maybe 48, and we'll see what happens. That'll help. Day. Sleep always helps. It always does. Um, I'm Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me, of course, is the healthy vice host mm. himself, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo-ho, Eddie. Yo-ho, Eddie. <laughs> Love that. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way, sweetheart. Oh, that's sweetheart. right, it is. Today's Valentine's I Day. I should have brought you something. Happy Valentine's Day to all you beloved Garmin members out there. I love each and every one of you. You are all my Valentine on this day. What are your big plans for the holiday weekend, you you romantic bastard? Um, I have what are you a- doing with your lovely lady? Tracy Pence. We don't usually do a lot of Valentine's stuff. We'll I'll, we'll do dinner like another like on an off night because ah, it's all like set menus and stuff. You romantic bastard. And expensive and go for the uh, the low rent discount Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm I am doing a show Saturday night at Santa Anita Park with uh, our friend Jamie Kaler, a stand up comedy show. Romantic. So we'll be hanging out. What does that have to do with what you're doing for your wife for Valentine's Day? It's sort of a Valentine's Day show no, the day it's after. Not. It's the day after. <laughs> we never do anything on the day because it's too expensive to do anything on the day. You know, you don't have to have it tied up in finances. You can create something. You can make something with your hands. You could write her an original <laughs> like sonnet. A, like an ashtray? Or a poem. A poem. A poem. No. You could you could sketch. You're an artist. I you could, could sketch her. her something. You could sing her a lovely ballad. I could sketch something for ballad. her. I, I buy her flowers every Valentine's Day. She wakes up with a, a bouquet of red roses every morning every valentine's day morning not uh, every morning you're creative you go with the red roses do you well, you're really stepping that means outside love the box. right yeah but it's sort of been i don't, there, I don't give her the, that, the the right? pink ones that's friendship i thought white was friendship. or maybe it's white what's pink crush 
I don't know. Secret admirer? I don't know the flower code. I don't know either. I'm getting a divorce. What do I know about romance? <laughs> yeah, what are you giving me shit for? Because you're the last hope of romance on this show. <laughs> Obviously, the divorced guy no. isn't going to the be... The whole field is open for you, man. going to be knee-deep in, uh, in uh, romantic gestures this season. Next Valentine's... You'll have a Valentine's by next Valentine's Day. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm going to have a bevy of them. <laughs> People still have bevies. You will. I'm going to have a bevy. I'm on a lot of cold medicine. buffet of Valentine's next yes. year. So, uh, well, I'm I'm sorry to hear that Tracy's going to be no, she's disappointed. annually disappointed well, in me. Good, then she's used to it. And anally. Whatever you're doing for your Valentine, <laughs> if you got one, I hope you guys have a romantic day. Let us kick off your day of romance and love with an hour or so of the Ralph Report mm-hmm. here on this Friday. It is February 14th. So happy you could join us. Speaking of Valentine's Day, I want to give this, uh, I should have thought of doing this earlier. What? I should have given people an opportunity to send special Valentine's messages to their loved ones. That would have been nice. Via the Ralph Report. That would have been nice. Uh, Someone wrote in, a uh, a, uh, someone who chooses to remain anonymous, sent in this, and they were hoping I could relay this message, wondering if you and Eddie would be so kind as to blow a Valentine's Day kiss. (laughs) What's so That's funny? So, so weird. See, no wonder Tracy doesn't I'm, get any I'm romance a, in home. I'm not a romantic. You're giggling like a I 12-year-old schoolboy. I, I still laugh at sex scenes in movies. He, he I said, can't help it. He said kisses. <laughs> Child. I am. Really am. Wondering if you and Eddie would be so kind as to blow a Valentine's Day kiss to Gemma Williams. Oh, our Gemma. Gemma. Talking Codswallop, right? Talking Codswallop yeah. is her podcast, but she's also... The uh, driving force behind the Ralph Report fan yeah, page. she's a lovely person. And on our social media. Uh, this person says, she is a fantastic friend. And then the thought of her hearing that from you guys would make her smile is more than enough for me. So I don't want any credit. Just please wish her a happy Valentine's Day. So there you go. <sighs> I blew her a kiss. You sure did. That's how you do it, right? Gemma, happy Valentine's <laughs> Day from your mystery admirer and from all of us here at the Ralph Report. Thanks for all you do for the show. Uh, we truly appreciate it. We appreciate all you Garmy members. You guys are the best. You're the only thing keeping me upright for the past four days or so as I battle through this. I'm pretty sure it's the flu now. I thought it was yeah. the cold, but it's got to be the flu. It, no, it, no, no cold lasts this long. Not four days. With this level of intensity. Have, has the fever and all that stuff gone? Yeah, so that's you, the good part. You're just the on fever the has broken, but the weakness and the body aches and the head and chest all still remain. Body aches is usually flu. Yeah. Usually. So uh, I promise you, by the time Monday rolls around, I'll be dead or I'll be better. <laughs> did you get a flu shot this year? Going, I did not. I never get a flu shot. Really? Never. I get one every year. I never get one. I never get the flu. And I don't either until this year. <laughs> I've been sitting here with you and I still haven't gotten the flu. My soon-to-be ex-wife is furious at me because I didn't get the flu shot. Oh. Did she's she get like, it? She gets it. The kid gets it. And she's like, you have put us at risk because you didn't get it. I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> you got the flu shot. So you won't get the flu. <laughs> So, really, the only person suffering here is me. Isn't that the case? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Logic, it's would, true. logic would dictate that would be it's the true. case. Not to mention, I never get it because the flu shot, breaking news, is effective about 50% of the time. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. And so I don't get it. And I've never gotten the flu during any previous flu season. I don't get it voluntarily. I get nagged into getting it. Oh, see, I do too. So, I just choose not yeah, to. Well. One of the reasons you're still married and <laughs> exactly I'm soon to be not. We got to make sacrifices. Um, so this year I did get it. So I'm still batting a pretty good batting average of avoiding the flu. Yeah, it's not bad. Regardless of whether I get the shot or not. 
But uh, where was I? Oh, you guys. You guys uh, keep me going. God bless you. And we'd love to reach out to you. The way you reach out to us, you can always do it via email or by social media. Or have you send us Valentine's. You can do that. Yeah. We'll wait for that, I guess. Blow us kisses. Blow us kisses, if you like. Or leave a voicemail message on the patented Ralph Report hotline. You know the number. You just got to call it up. It's open, it's open 24 hours a day. It's like 7-Eleven. You can go there anytime you want. Say anything you want. I listen to them all. You just got to dial up the phone number. Uh, here we go. Oh, okay. One uh-huh. eight all right. three three. Getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you find this amusing, Pence. Yo ho. Yo ho, Eddie. <sighs> Hi, Ralph. Okay, good. That was go. good. That was good. That was good. That was good for you. Thank you. <laughs> This is hilarious. That was good for you. Good for you I feel buddy. like a good for you, buddy. child who put together a four-piece jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> You're out there doing it. Um, love it when you dial up that phone number, one 833 ralph Leave your voicemail messages. I listen to them all. And then I play back a handful of them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now and see what's on your mind. You know, uh, yesterday we were talking about Harrison Ford. It was this day in history. We were talking about his ill-fated attempt to land yes. at the John Wayne Airport in Orange County, yes. California in his small one, one-seater one yeah. plane that he flies around in. And we talked about how he also landed on the golf, golf course. course, crash landed. Santa Monica, I believe. He's a guy who should not be flying. No, he should not. Absolutely should not. It turns out the details are so much worse than I initially thought. Our good pal Chris Nicholas, another uh, stalwart of the Garmy, who's again flying out from Chicago, Illinois, to participate in our live Ralph Report next it week. Has not missed one No, of and the he lives shows. in Chicago. That's crazy. Not to guilt anyone into anything. <laughs> But if you're in Southern California, come on, man. and you're a Garmy member, and maybe you have attended one Ralph Report, or let's say never attended a live Ralph Report show, Chris Nicholas from Chicago, Illinois, yeah. the one in Illinois, yes, that one, that one has been in attendance at every live and Ralph his Report. New Year's attendance, New Year's Eve attendance, was the most remarkable because he flew in that day and then flew out the. It was a turnaround. It was a turnaround. He landed from the airport, went to the show, got back in a car, went back, got to, the back to the airport, got in a plane, went home. Look at that. Come on, people. <laughs> We're going to be at Flappers Comedy Club on the 21st, Friday. Again, not to guild anybody anything. No, but but. seriously. Look at, look at your life. <laughs> be Chris, everybody. Yeah. Be Chris. Be, be more like Chris. Anyway, he called in. He filled me, out, filled me in on details I wasn't even aware of. Regarding Harrison Ford and his haphazard flying, the guy is in his mid seventies. Maybe he should put down the yoke. Yeah, as they say. Here's Chris's call. Hey, Ralph, it's Chris Nicholas from Chicago. Hey, on uh, today's uh, this day in history, you brought up uh, Harrison Ford's fuck up when he uh, landed uh, landing at John Wayne Airport in 2017. Um, you said that he landed on the wrong runway, though. Um, he actually didn't land on the wrong runway, but actually landed on an active taxiway. Ugh. And on top of that, when he took off from Santa Monica, where his trip started, he was identifying his airplane as a helicopter with air traffic control. Um, you can actually find the audio, the radio transmissions between him and air traffic control online. 
So I guess making the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs doesn't qualify you to fly a civilian airplane. Right, right, Eddie? right, right, huh? Huh? right. Roland would probably like that joke too. Anyway, <laughs> looking forward to see you guys at the live show next Friday. See you then. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, he's supposed to be the greatest pilot in right. the galaxy. Right. He's shit. He shit. He's How is his pilot license not revoked? Because he's Harrison Ford. Oh, God. Uh, some of you people, when you're young, are dumb. We've just established that. <laughs> Eddie broke the seal with his <laughs> peanut butter dumbness. I'm naive. I'm not dumb. And so you guys have been kind enough to volunteer your own stories of dumb. They're really entertaining to me personally. <laughs> and it seems like to everyone else. And they keep coming in. This one from Jeremy maybe the dumbest yet really that's okay that's we got a high bar not only because he came up with this idea when he was young but it it stayed with him into his 30s oh okay this dumb thought stayed with him well into adulthood (laughs) i can't wait to hear this one lingered here's jeremy (laughs) with his confession that he was so dumb hey ralph and eddie this is jeremy from grafton mass you know, I was in my early 30s when I happened to see Mick Jagger's name written one day. Yes. And I kind of looked at it and went, wait a minute, Mick Jagger isn't his last name. And I'm still in my 30s. Love you. Mean it. Bye. He thought the artist was named Mick Jagger. <laughs> like M, Mc- capital M, small C. <laughs> like McNugget. Capital J. <laughs> A-G-G-E-R. Mick Jagger. He thought he just went by his last name, Mick Jagger. (laughs) That that was his name. And he went through his entire 30-some-odd years of life thinking his name was Mick Jagger. Like Carl Mick Jagger. Right. But he only went by his last name. He was one of those one-name artists like Cher or Bono or Madonna. He was Mick Jagger. Wow. He thought wow. it was Mick Jagger. Might be the, the that's the winner right? so far. You are so dumb. Oh. You are really dumb. For real. You are so dumb. Mick Jagger. He was Mick Jagger. <laughs> this guy's not even Scottish. Before his first name was still Mick. Mick Mick Jagger. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mick Mick Jagger. Lead singer <laughs> of the Rolling Stones. I'm Mick Jagger. I got moves like Mick Jagger. He should have known from the song well, he got moves like you Jagger. You think that would have been a, enough. It's a separate name. Oh, yeah. That's glorious. That was Mick Jagger. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of sending out special messages on special occasions, Elise called in. I was so happy to hear from her because uh, her husband set this up, and I was glad it all came to pass. Hi, Ralph. This is Elise, one star general from Sacramento. Today is my 40th birthday, and my husband gave me the gift of Ralph. Yeah, he went on Cameo and got a special message made just for me, and I'm just I'm just so happy. And I just want to say thank you, and I love you, and I'm just so happy. Thanks. Bye. I love you too, Elise. Happy birthday. I don't talk about this a whole bunch, but there's a thing called Cameo. It's an app you get yeah. on your phone. And they've got a whole list of legitimate celebrity people that you can get messages from, video (laughs) messages. And for some reason, Cameo reached out to me and said, would you like to be on our list of people that you can get messages for? And I was like, yeah, you think anybody would actually pay money to have me give them a message? And they said, well, let's find out. So they put me up there and a bunch of people have used the app. And it, it gives me a little message and it says, like in this case, Elise's husband wanted to wish her a happy birthday and she's a big fan of the show and he would like it if I, it gives me some details to mention in the course of the, of the uh, message. 
And I record it and I send it off and then he gets to give it to her as a gift. That's nice. And people are digging it. So That's I just cool. wanted to mention it because I don't talk about it much. But if you go to Cameo and you want to use me to uh, break some bad news or something to somebody, and get creative. Do something fun. Have they been it. weird yet or has it been all normal ones? No, we've been some real fun ones. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple bachelor parties. Oh, yeah. Where guys would say, uh, nice. my buddy's getting married. Can Arnold Schwarzenegger give my friend some <laughs> advice on uh, you know, what to do in his wedding and things like that. So That's fun. Yeah. So uh, Cameo. Dot com, I think online and then the app. If you go to your app store, you can find that out. Um, this. Ah, what? What? We had a call yesterday yeah. that has really sparked people's imagination. We we're talking to our friend who was getting the reverse vasectomy. Yes, remember? yes, yes, yes. Because yes. he's newly remarried and he wants to have kids with the new His wife. His wife cheated on he him. He had two with the old wife. Right. And got a vasectomy because he didn't want any more kids. And then after that, found out that she was cheating on him. And he claimed in the call that he found out in the worst possible right. way and then never told us yeah, what there's that no was. explanation. So now all. people's minds are just running rampant. Well, mine went immediately to she was she got pregnant. Well. That's where my mind went. With a third child? Yes. Or was it like this caller thought? I'd put the odds on the uh, divorced Canadian that found out in the worst possible way. I found out that his kids weren't actually his kids. How about that? Thanks, Ralph. Ooh. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Would that be the worst possible way? That he was never fertile to begin you with. You found out the two <laughs> kids that you had with the first wife, they weren't, one or both weren't yours. Wow. Wouldn't that be the worst yes. way to find out? Yes. Yes? I think so. You're raising two other people's kids? Yeah. You're putting your heart and your soul into Again, it, and, and those kids. Speculation, but think, that would be bad. Wow, yeah, that'd be bad. So if you're out there, mystery caller, once your uh, tubes are clear and you're <laughs> you're up and around, give us a call and let us know what. Please, happens. it's too much. Or we could have a, a new segment like people are so dumb. The worst way you found out a secret <laughs> about your your ex spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, ex friend, mom, dad, whatever. I would just love to hear horror stories about finding something bad out about someone. Oh, I bet there's some good ones. The too. worst possible way you could find there's it some out. Good ones out I there. I bet there are. So keep those coming in. Um, Joe called in. Joe feels a little bad for Eddie Pence. Why? Yo ho, Eddie. Yo ho, Eddie. <laughs> Because we talked yesterday about the fact that I had done a bunch of musicals, and you said you had never done musicals, yeah. and you, well, never, you never had the joy. I was of, never asked to do it. Participating in musical theater <laughs> the way I was when I was a kid coming up, and there was a lot of fun in those things, and Joe feels sad for you. Hi, Ralph. Uh, Joe from Tustin, two-star general, and uh, listening to Thursday's show, and since Eddie's never been in a musical... What better way for him to be in one than with some Eddie Oki? Right. Uh, how about some Summer Lovin' uh, from Greece? Summer Lovin'. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. We oh. talked about Greece yesterday. I mentioned that I played Danny Zuko in Greece, and then I, it just, I wasn't thinking clearly. I was on a lot of cough syrup, and I said, "Were you in musicals?" And then, of course, we yeah, realized of course, reality that doesn't work out that way. No, but that doesn't mean you can't be in one. <laughs> Thanks to the magic of Eddie Oki. It's time for Eddie Oki. Eddie Oki. Eddie Oki. Joe suggested one of the most popular songs from the musical Grease, which of course is the duet, if you've seen the film, between John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, talking yes. about the relationship that they had over the summer on the first day of school. They're making a prequel about this, this movie, That's right, right. yes. yes. Um, so I thought since I already played Danny Zuko in Greece when I was in college, 
that I would not leave Eddie out there to hang out there by himself. I will participate in the duet. Oh, thanks. I will play Danny Zuko, and Eddie will play the role of Sandy, Sandy. Olivia Newton-John's role. Oh, and so here's here's the lyric sheet for you, and here's the lyric sheet for me. Okay. And I I come in first, so you don't have to worry about. Oh, I'm to in pick bold. It up. I'm You're in bold. bold. So you just okay. read the bold, the, sing the bold lyrics, <laughs> and it's got all the backup singers already built into it. As always, we've got a backing track okay. here as well. Okay. So here is Eddie Pence's musical debut as Sandy in Greece. Imagine if you will, Eddie Pence. Like a little uh, poodle, poodle skirt. skirt. Yes. And a, a pink blouse talking to all the girls there at Rydell High about the boy she met over the summer. Here we go. Summer loving had me a blast. Summer loving happened so fast. I met a girl crazy for me. Met a boy, cute as can be. Summer days drifting away to oh oh the summer nights. Tell me more, tell me more, and you get very far. Tell me more, tell me more, like this we have a car. She swam by me, she got a cramp. He ran by me, my suit got damp. What the fuck? I saved her life, she nearly drowned. He showed off, splashing around. Summer sun, something's begun, but oh, oh, the summer nights. Yeah, I don't think that relationship would have lasted. Had he ran by me, my suit got damp? He ran by me, got my suit damp. He ran by me, got my suit. Oh, man. He was running in the ocean. I, I took that a way different way. Oh, my God. I, took, I didn't know that was the line. I took that a way different way. He was splashing around in the surf. I thought and when she he ran got, by I her. I thought she got turned on. Dear God in heaven. <laughs> he ran by me, got my suit damp. How else do you take that? Well, they're talking about being in the ocean right, and splashing well, around. She's already wet if she's in the ocean. Maybe she was standing up to her knees, <laughs> trying not to get wet, and he ran by uh, her. I just and had no idea her. that was the lyric. My God! And anyway, thank you. That was a dream come true. Well, it really was. We made a lovely Sandy, and I think we, our suits all got damp <laughs> thinking of you as Sandy from Greece. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Pence. Yo-ho, Eddie. Yo-ho, Eddie. Oh, that was beautiful. That was. Joe, you made a little boy's dream come true. <laughs> you really did. Thanks to everybody who called in. You, too, can be featured in the segment known as Garmy on the Line, but you know what you got to do. You got to call me. Apologize for my voice, by the way. Usually, I'm a better, um, better singer than you. That, on so. a cold, sound <laughs> a million times better than well, me without a cold. Still, a million being being the tallest midget in the room isn't necessarily, <laughs> you know, a goal to shoot for. Well, it's still the tallest midget in the room. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for us to take a look <laughs> in the rearview mirror, find out what happened on this day, January 14th, in history. 
Ralph's about to solve another mystery Like is today the day some dude invented Listerine Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp So grant our wishes please And tell us what went down this day in history All right, February 14th on this day in 1803. What I always say about the 1800s, Eddie. Ripe for inventions. So many goddamn inventions. Moses Coates. That's a cool name. That is a cool name. Moses Coates. Moses Coates. Sounds like a Jerry Lee, uh, not Jerry Lewis, a Jerry Reed song. Jer- oh, yeah, song yeah. Jerry Reed would have written. Yeah. Truck so, driving. Sing about Moses Coates. <laughs> Moses Coates from Downingtown, Pennsylvania. He created the first hand-cranked apple pairer. Oh, the one, the, does that take out the core of the apple? Or and, it, or, the, and the, uh, and the peel as the well. Rind. You stick it on the end. Or the peel? Yes, the rind. Not the rind, that's you on the stick it on fruits. the end, and you turn the crank, and it spins it around like a lathe, okay. and it takes the uh, peel off. Takes the peel off. Yeah. Okay. Very Not the core. Invention. It wouldn't take the core off. Well, I think the uh, core then thing, it when it pulls it off, I think the core stays then on. Then that is the greatest it. invention of all time. It's pretty useful. In 1849, in New York City, James K. Polk became the first serving U.S. president to have his photograph taken. I found this hard to believe. Oh, it was 1849. Seems late to me yeah, I guess to be is. the first yeah, president yeah. to have your picture taken. That's interesting. Seems like I've seen photos of like Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln came after that. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> and that would make so, perfect yes. sense. Lincoln yes. was the 1860s. I don't remember 50s, seeing any 60s. photos of Tom Jefferson or any of those cats. <laughs> so this makes perfect sense that Polk would be the first. Again, much quill has been <laughs> ingested both night and day. All of the quills. I've got much quill inside me. 1859, Oregon was admitted as the 33rd state of these United States. Mm. Welcome, Oregon. Do you say Oregon or Oregon? Oregon. Oregon. I say Oregon. I say Oregon. Oregon. I think I still have a leftover uh, East Coast Philly kind of thing. Uh, Oregon? uh, An accent pops up when I use the R instead of the or. Mm. Because I say orange, so orange sometimes. Orange, too. I say orange. Most people do. Yeah, orange. Yeah, Oregon. Okay, Oregon was admitted as the thirty-third state. I don't want anybody calling in. Somebody will. I can't bear it when you say Oregon, Oregon instead of Oregon. Gets on my nerves. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Eighteen seventy. Seraph Young became the first woman to legally vote in the modern United States. Two days after the Utah legislature passed a law allowing women to vote in the state of Utah. Hmm. It was uh, just a mere 50 years later you could vote anywhere in the United States. (laughs) Utah was ahead of the pack on that? Utah let women vote in their state. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I'm surprised. 1883, the very first state labor union legislation was enacted. Which state in the United States, Eddie, would you think was the first state to legalize unions, labor unions. Okay, it's Pennsylvania. For bonus, for Pennsylvania? bonus points. No. I'll give me a second Michigan. Shot. No. Now you're just, Wisconsin. Now you're just, now you're just guessing states. Should Ohio. I give, should I give you 50 chances? Ohio. Give me 46 more chances. New Jersey. Oh, Jersey. When you, think, when you think unions and labor, yeah, you think Jersey, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I was thinking like Rust Belt. Forget about it. Jersey. Taking yeah. care of the unions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. are you, nuts? 1889, the first train load of fruit left Los Angeles for the East Coast. 1889, oranges, big train full of oranges made its way across the country. I can't imagine many of them survived, right? 1912, Arizona was admitted to the Union as the 48th state on this day. And that was it for a while. Then they added the last two. Wow. I didn't know it was that late for Arizona. I didn't either. 1919. 
It was the first day, February 14th, 1919, that America found out what Brown could do for them. Ah, UPS. UPS was formed on this day. In 1920, the League of Women Voters formed in Chicago. That was the year, of course, that women could vote in the United States. Unless you're in Utah. Yeah, then you've been voting your ass off for 50 years. You're bored with it. Utah women must be like, what the fuck? I voted for like 17 governors. I can't vote for the president? What's wrong with you people? 1921, the Canadian five-cent nickel coin was authorized. Oh, congrats to our neighbors to the north. You got yourselves a nickel on Mm. this day. 1929, big day in Chicago. What? You know, St. Valentine's Day in Chicago. Oh, the massacre. The famous massacre. Seven gangsters were mowed down, allegedly, on Al Capone's orders. Allegedly? Do we still have to say allegedly now, all these years later? His family might get upset. I think we pretty much know that Big Al (laughs) pulled the the trigger on those people. 1931, the original film, really the beginning of the modern horror film era, in my opinion. Dracula, Mm. starring Bela Lugosi as the titular vampire. Titular is released on this day in 1931. Dracula. Think of all of the offshoots. From that, yeah. From that one successful film for Universal Studios. Yeah. It created the modern monster movie. It created yeah. that whole universe of monsters that Universal cashed in on so many years. Was that the first uh, interpretation of Dracula in that form? Like the romantic sort of... Well, that was all based on the book. Right. But Lugosi had played that role on stage very successfully. It was a wildly successful play that Universal bought the rights to and then turned into a feature film. But everyone sort of modeled Dracula off of Bela Lugosi's Dracula. I mean, very much even so. Count Dracula, the Count on Sesame Street, is modeled after yes. Bela Lugosi. Bela Lugosi still to this day the most famous interpretation yes. of that character. Here's a little bit of uh, the late, great Bela Lugosi um, at the very beginning of the film from 1931, Dracula. I am Dracula. I bid you welcome. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. Children of the night. Werewolf. 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 Their castle. <laughs> 1939 on this date. Wow, it's amazing how far films came from 1931. I mean, you can hear it. That was the beginning of the sound era, yeah. really. It was just no orchestration, nothing, just a guy holding a microphone up You can up hear to the enormity of the room yes. that they're in. There was no room tone no. they dealt with back then. 1939, Gone with the Wind was in production. Three weeks into oh, wow. production when the director was replaced. George Cukor, who had been the director, was fired, and Victor Fleming was brought in to finish the hmm. film. He did a pretty good job, yeah. I think. Uh, 1954 on this day, Senator John F. Kennedy appeared on Meet the Press on NBC. It was the country's, largely the country's introduction on a national stage to this handsome young senator who, of course, just six years later would be running for president yeah. and becoming one of the most beloved political figures in American yep. history. Here's a little audio of John F. Kennedy from Meet the Press from 1954. Our guest of the afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, will be Congressman John F. Kennedy of Boston, son of the former ambassador to England. Uh, uh, I like women with uh, huge boobies. Now, who, who would have assumed 
that that, given that impression he made on the public, that his political career would go so far. I mean, that kills most political careers. Right. (laughs) Back then, anyway. It was a different time. Yeah. (laughs) Now it all makes so much sense. On 1960, in 1962, rather, First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, uh, she wasn't Onassis at the time, not no. she was still Jacqueline Kennedy, conducted the uh, first White House tour via television for hmm. everyone out there. So they got to see the First Lady take them around the, uh, the White House on television. 1963, the film Eight and a Half by Federico Fellini, Fellini rather, was released on this day, still a classic, won the Academy Award Best Foreign Language Film in 1964. 1967, a young lady named Aretha Franklin was in the studio recording what would become perhaps her most signature song here from 1967, Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it it worked out well for him. That's in the what long run. innocent good people do. Yeah, he was a paranoid bastard. Yep. 1978, the first micro on a chip, it was referred to at the time. They're at Texas Instruments. They patented this new invention, the micro on a chip, which eventually got shortened down to microchip. Mm. And that was the beginning of so many inventions that started using that from garage door openers to burglar alarms to many electronic toys yeah because we reversed engineered that from the findings at oh a, my uh, god here we at go. area 51 at uh the roswell landing here we go when we got when we found the alien technology we reverse engineered it and that's when here we the, go with the microchip explosion happened loopy mcnut pants <laughs> just saying there's been a Huge jump in technology. Okay, since when that. was when was Roswell? I don't know, somewhere in the sixties. Yeah, so in nineteen seventy eight, they finally got around. But it took a while to, re- to reverse engineer it. It wasn't gotcha. just overnight. You know, it takes a while. It takes some people. All righty. You know what the first things they did with the microchip was? Uh, no, they made the uh, Texas Instruments speak and spell. Oh. Remember ET yeah, yeah, using yeah, yeah, the speak yeah, yeah. and spell to find his way home? Yes. You see, it all came. It all turns around see? because that was probably from his people. That was probably. That's why he the, used the speaking bell because he recognized the micro on a chip. That's why written in the agreement we had with the aliens. We invented that. He said to Elliot, I think, in that scene, <laughs> you nut loaf. And in 1985, the debut album of a young lady named Whitney Houston was released. You forget how big an impact she had on music and popular culture when that album was yeah. released. She came out of nowhere and just had hit after hit after hit on the charts. Here's a little bit of Whitney's first album. So I'm saving all my love. Yes, I'm saving all my love. Yes, I'm saving all my love for you. Nineteen ninety, the space probe Voyager One took a photograph of the entire solar system. The first time we ever had one of those. Wow transmitted it real time back to NASA and they said all you could see was just earth being a pale blue dot yep and everything else so, so massive in scope made all everyone, we are made everyone feel very insignificant when they saw that photo I think we need more of those feelings in the I world. do too in 1991 a movie was released that would go on to win best picture in 1992 it was directed by Jonathan Demi based on a book by Thomas Harris starring Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins the Silence of the Lambs. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. 
just think we've got Dracula and Hannibal Lecter on debuting on the same day in history. Wow. And that day is Valentine's Day. <laughs> How romantic. So romantic. Uh, on this day in 2003, <laughs> Dolly the Sheep died. Remember Dolly the Sheep? No. She was the first animal cloned from another oh, adult okay. animal. Okay, I remember that. They took cells from a sheep and they grew Dolly. Yeah. And, and then she, she died. And she died. She didn't live long, did she? No, she didn't. She was born in uh, 1996, so seven years. Oh. Is, that a, a bad is that a sheep, sheep lifespan? I don't know. Not familiar with the average <laughs> lifespan of a sheep, <laughs> but it seems like it was a pretty good run I for guess the so. first cloned animal. On this day in 19, excuse me, in 2013, Oscar Pistorius. He was the South African amputee sprinter who shot his girlfriend. You remember that? Story? Oh, I do remember that. I, I thought do she was that. a burglar. Yes. So he claimed. And that story did not uh, pass the smell test. It did not. In no. court. And also in 2013, the Large Hadron Collider, the LHC, the world's largest and highest energy particle accelerator, yes. was switched off for two years for upgrading, they mm. claimed. And it wasn't because it it, told, it tore a hole in time and space, and we, uh, were, we were letting other people from other dimensions enter into our no, world. When they turned it on originally, it knocked us into an alternate timeline. Oh. And that's when the world started going crazy. I see. All right. I knew it was something like that in Eddie's world. Uh, we're on a different timeline. Are we now? Yo, ho, Eddie. Yo, oh, we have a reality Eddie. star as a, tel- as a president. We're, we're crazy town now. I got you. Well, can't we just flip it back on again? And I don't know. The I, say, I don't know if we can go back to that timeline. We're in a different one. Oh, so frustrating, all those timelines. I'm just saying, things are different. Speaking of frustrating, this is the point in the show where I talk about a food. <laughs> it's a food from a day in history. We run it past Eddie Pence to see whether he'd eat it or not. And uh, then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. That's what determines whether he eats it or not. Yeah. If three reels come up with matching food items on there, that's a big payout. It means he does indeed eat it and there's much rejoicing. Or it's like strawberries and he doesn't eat it for no goddamn good reason. <laughs> People are still upset about yesterday. I'm sure they way. are. Let's talk about today's food. It's 1923. It's Valentine's Day, 1923. Mm. And in Monroe, New York, a company began that would leave its mark on kids and, and yours truly forever and ever. The Velveeta Cheese Company was incorporated on this day. Now, Velveeta was invented way back in 1918 by Emil Fry for the Monroe Cheese Company, but they finally went and created their own unique cheese company called the Velveeta Company using a special packaging. It was the invention of tinfoil lining inside a wooden box that would keep the Velveeta cheese moist and fresh and easy to transport. And then, of course, it quickly caught on because Velveeta, when melted, stays smooth. It doesn't get clumpy. It doesn't curdle when it's heated. It just melts into something as smooth as, well, velvet, boys and girls. That's where the name comes from, Velveeta. In the 30s, it was advertised as a nutritious health food. Oh, I bet. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) But I do know Velveeta became the first cheese product to gain the American Medical Association seal of approval. Really? I know that much. Somebody got paid. In 1953, they had to relabel it as a cheese spread. And in 2002, Velveeta had to be labeled per the United States as a pasteurized prepared cheese product Mm. because... The country's got a stick up its ass, and they don't appreciate the magic of Velveeta. When you melt it, it melts smoothly. Where would cheese? It doesn't melt like real cheese. Oh, it's so good. You can put it on uh, 
mac and cheese. You can uh, <clears throat> mix the best grilled cheese sandwich in the world. You can melt it and put it over broccoli and other vegetables and get your kids to eat them with delicious melted Velveeta on cheese it. Cheese product. Velveeta, Velveeta. Does Eddie Pence eat Velveeta? <laughs> That's the question. We're going to pull the handle off the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. Here we go. One Velveeta, two Velveeta. Three Velveeta. Eddie Pence eating Velveeta. Of course he does. I think I'm guessing Eddie Pence is probably 27% Velveeta. It might be. It, it makes a good mac and cheese. It really does. It does. You like Velveeta? I do. The way you were pumping it up. I do like Velveeta. Right. I'm not. A, I'm. Uh, I'm ashamed of my appreciation and affection <laughs> for Velveeta, but I do enjoy it. Now, here's the thing. This this is a little quirky thing for me when it comes to food. I'm not a fan of like those uh, those cheese singles, those processed oh, American product, cheese singles, American cheese singles. I don't like those. Yeah. I'd rather have go to a deli, have my cheese cut, right. and then get fresh cut cheese for my sandwiches and whatnot. But melting. The, the ability to melt Velveeta down into a creamy cheese sauce. Yeah, for, for, for a grilled cheese sandwich but also or mac and for, cheese. Uh, even on broccoli is good. Uh, con queso. Con que the, queso. The, the queso dip. Yeah, queso dip is good. All those things you use Velveeta for, it's a goddamn miracle Yeah, is what it is. It really is. It is. We need to acknowledge that. Yes. So we salute Velveeta on this day. Eddie Pence and I agreeing <laughs> on a food. On fake cheese. I must be high on some sort of... <laughs> cold medicine for that to happen and that was today's this day in history i pity the fool who ain't been schooled by ralph recently he's dropping college level knowledge with such accuracy it got my head spinning faster than a drunk eddie and i'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity i hope cooperman loves my beats because that rhymes with lmb and that's a wrap for the ralph report today in history hey there it's ralph garman here i hope you're enjoying the show and if you are why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday? For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, now it's time for the entertainment news in a segment I call the show Biz Beat. Well, yesterday was the closing of the Harvey Weinstein case in New York, and his lawyer got up in front of people and said this, I swear to God. He said, on behalf of Mr. Weinstein... I want you to know he is not the monster that he's being painted as by witnesses and the prosecution. That's some balls, yeah. even for a defense yeah. attorney. Here's the thing. He may not be found guilty because it is a case largely of he said, she said. Yeah. And some of these women, unfortunately, stayed in touch with him after their assaults. And there's a lot of reasons why that happens. If you look at the literature, there's a lot of victims of sexual assault who stay in touch with their uh, the the. the um, the perpetrator perpetrators or... even after the fact and there's a lot of psychological reasons behind it in this particular case maybe some of them thought they could still he might be able to come uh, come in handy for their careers yeah. or they were afraid if if they pissed him off he could detrimentally affect their careers there's yeah. a lot of reasoning behind it but here's what i would say if he's not even if he's not found guilty 
If he created a scenario or a culture where women thought they had to have sex with him in order to further their careers, then he's automatically a monster. Yeah. It doesn't really matter past that point. Yeah. In my mind, if you give the impression, if you're a working professional in the entertainment business and you give any young actress the sense that she has to perform a sexual function in order to further her career, you're a piece of garbage. Yep. yep. So for her to say to the jury, he's not a monster, is the wrong tact, I uh, think. She should have stuck more with the rule and letter of the law and tried to get him off that way. Yeah, I'm, ho I'm hoping that backfires. I hope so, too, because I hope they recognize that he's absolutely a monster. Because even, even if he doesn't get convicted, his name is synonymous now with being a piece of shit yeah. for all of time. I'm saying even if it was an equal exchange, if he said to them, if you give me a blowjob, then I'll see about giving you a role in a movie. That's heinous. That's already horrible. That's heinous. It heinous. may not be illegal, but it's absolutely It's horrible. heinous. So hopefully the worst will happen. We'll see. Hey, we were talking about that Mighty Ducks reboot yesterday. Yes. Well, good news. What? Emilio Estevez is coming back. Sweet. Yes. He will be reprising his role as Gordon Bombay. He will be the coach of the super-powered youth hockey team, the Mighty Ducks. But apparently in this one, as we mentioned yesterday, the Ducks are the bad guys. Right. And uh, Lauren Graham and her kid will go off and start their own team to take on the bad guys wow. of the Ducks. So, surprise, surprise, Emilio Estevez is available to reprise his role from <laughs> the Mighty Ducks, the Mighty Ducks films. I'm surprised that he's got the time in his schedule I, to I'm come back. Well, he's, he's probably, it's probably like a you know a passion project. I'm him. guessing. He probably made some room in his schedule. I'm sure he cleared some stuff He was busy up. sitting there waiting for Stakeout 3. And, uh, <laughs> or apparently, Men at Work 2. Right. Those, those projects didn't come together, <laughs> so he was able to free up some time on his schedule. So good for that. Them. Him. <laughs> speaking of bouncing back, speaking of comebacks, did you see the video of that stripper who was about... 15 feet in the air on the stripper pole when she fell off and it came no. crashing down onto the stage. What happened? It's horrifying. Her name is Jania Sky. Of course it is. I'm sure that's her <laughs> given name. Long line of sky. It's... Yes. And so she was all strippers. <laughs> she was at the very top of a 15 foot stripper pole. If you can't imagine 15 feet, it's about two stories. Imagine yeah. being on the ceiling of whatever your upstairs room looks like if you have a two-story yeah. house and then falling that distance to the floor of the first floor. Oof. She broke her jaw, by the way. Ooh. But what everyone's talking about is because when she hits the ground, she gets back up and starts twerking automatically. She bounces back. Oh, she's a, a pro. She's a professional. She's a pro. Anyway, you may be sad to know that she has announced she is hanging up her plastic shoes. Oh. She will no longer be working the poles. What she's, a way to go out. She said she's going to focus on healing up right now after having surgery for her broken jaw along with other injuries. But even though she's received a ton of offers from strip clubs and has been asked to appear in music videos and other uh, opportunities, she has said she's going to hang up her G-string and get out of the stripper business. So, uh, well, She we just made it, man. She just made it. I now she's know. getting the offers. She's getting the, uh, the offer-only things now. Uh, she says she's just too scared to get back on the pole. Well, she didn't have to go up 15 feet. I suppose not. Just but go up two feet. I'm just saying, let her go, Eddie. I'm just saying, you let her go. We all work in our careers to get to the point of like, hey, you know what? I don't have to work for this anymore. The offers are now coming in. That's um, when you've made it. Don't walk away now. She's telling friends she doesn't want to be a stripper and she doesn't want to dance anymore. <sighs> Some wasted opportunities. I'm just you saying. You don't work your whole life. See, that's the problem. 
And I always tell this to my daughter. If you fall off the pole, you got to get right back on it. Because <laughs> if you walk away long enough, that fear will set in and you'll never get back no, on the pole. You got to jump right back on that pole. You get right back on the pole. So, <laughs> so Janae Sky, your name will be etched in the, the memories of stripper fans everywhere, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of bouncing back again, Liev Schreiber has announced that perhaps there will be more Ray Donovan after the show was canceled by Showtime. Mm, really? He says that the fans of the show, there's been such an outpouring of support that producers are in talks, perhaps, with uh, Showtime allowing them to do a finale film to wrap up the show in the way they had always intended. Oh, or, really? Or perhaps maybe even get a different... Um, deal somewhere? Deal somewhere. Maybe a streaming service or someone else. Well, you said yourself, yourself, they sort of wrapped up every season individually, so there wasn't like there, a big cliffhanger <laughs> at the end. Excuse me. There was a little bit of a cliffhanger. The, the season resolved its way, in terms of the big picture, in a very satisfying way, because Ray has always been haunted by the suicide of his younger daughter, uh, younger sister, Bridget. Yes. So much so that he named his daughter Bridget. And in season seven, he uncovers the reason behind why his younger sister took her own life okay. and, and gets revenge for that death. So in that way, the, the show kind of came full circle after seven years. But there were some minor story details and stuff that could have gone on to an eighth season if hmm. they indeed got okay. it. So it uh, looks like Ray, uh, Leah Schreiber just doesn't want to be out of no. work, if you ask me. But who does? Frankly. No one does. Except Janae Sky, apparently, who's willing to step away. <laughs> Speaking of cable, Avenue 5 has been renewed for a second season at HBO. I'm very happy to see. Have you watched it yet? Uh, I yes. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, my God. You're not watching Avenue I'm 5? I'm going to. I'm, I'm just... I'm, I'm going to. On, Eddie. Yo-ho, Eddie. Yo-ho, Eddie. I want to see. I haven't watched it yet. It's been so much fun. Is it good? Yes. Okay, I want to see it. I love Armando you. Iannucci. my favorite. The creator, the man who also was behind Veep, by yes. the way. Uh, created the show, and as Eddie mentioned, Hugh Laurie is the star, along with Josh Gad and Zach Woods and Rebecca Front, a great cast. Ethan Phillips as well. So uh, we'll get more of the cast and crew of the Avenue 5 as they try to make their way back to Earth. Oh, Very entertaining. I can't wait to start watching. Armando Inucci said, um, let me see the quote I wanted to use here. It's so great to be back again with HBO for the first season of Avenue 5, and now I'm doubly thrilled that HBO has now seen fit to put Captain Ryan Clark and the passengers and the crew through even more physical and emotional hell next year, too, he says. <laughs> We're all happy for that. Speaking of physical hell, you know Amber Rose, the lovely and talented Amber Rose? She, of course, is uh, famous for her dating several different rappers. Yes, She's, yes, yes, yes. Uh, she shaves her head. Yes. Beautiful young woman who shaves her head. Yes. And, uh, she made a lot of news this week because she unveiled her face tattoo. Yes, I saw the picture. Yes, yes. face tattoos are now the thing that people need right. to get. Because, yeah, why not? Because. So um, everyone is saying, why did you do that? You're such a beautiful model, and uh, then you have a big tattoo on your forehead. Now, it is her kids' names. Still. But still. Still. She does have now a face tattoo. Yeah, put it on your shoulder. She was being interviewed, and she said it was the death of Kobe Bryant that inspired her to get her new face tattoo. I, uh, what? After Kobe died, it made me reflect on my life, and I don't want to, I don't want people to be like, oh, Kobe died and you went and got a tattoo, but it kind of was like that. <laughs> life is too short. Just go do it. Just that, live your best life. None of that makes sense. Just live like with no regrets. Oh, no, that's, that's a huge how, regret. That's how I felt, and I'm happy I did it. No, you're not. Beauty is not what's on the outside, she said. It's yeah. what's on the inside that counts. Ooh. It's inside of my pussy 
And inside of my heart. She said she that? Said, yeah, that's what she inside said. Inside of my pussy. As always, she kept it classy. Oof. So now she has her kids' names on her forehead. Why didn't she get the inside of her pussy tattooed? There you go. If beauty is in the inside. <laughs> that's where it should be tattooed. You should have had it done in your colon. Have your kid's name. You should have your colon tattooed. You know, whatever her kid's name was, you know, Clara was here. That's right. Came <laughs> from here. <laughs> Just tattoo that on the wall of your pussy. Birthplace of... <laughs> I don't think her kid's name is Clara. I whatever. I don't know her. I don't, I don't know it either. I haven't read her face yet, so <laughs> I don't know her kids' names. <sighs> this, here's the thing: Kobe's death should inspire you to do two things. First of all, don't get into a helicopter in bad weather conditions. Yes. And secondly, don't tattoo your face. Yes. Because there's no reason to follow up one bad life choice with another no. one. Orlando Bloom got a new uh, tattoo of his kids as well. But he put his on his arm. Mm. So that's better. Yeah, I guess. It was a thin black line with a series of numbers across his arm. He asked his fans on Instagram, new tattoo, can you guess who? He captioned the pic. And then a fan responded, it's Flynn, which is the name of his son in Morse code and his date of birth and time. So that's what the, uh, the dots and the dashes right. and then the numbers corresponded to. However, one eagle-eyed fan pointed out, that there was a mistake in the tattoo, <laughs> and instead of reading Flynn, it actually reads Fryn, F-R-Y-N-N. Oh, good. There needed to be an extra dot. So happy. And so the uh, tattoo artist very begrudgingly countered on Instagram, yeah, we know there's a dot missing. Uh, I will fix that, he said. Oh, I love but it. He unveiled it with the misspelling. I love it. There was quite a laugh. It's hilarious. So, I love my kid, but I don't think I'd ever get their name tattooed on I've often said it's the only tattoo I would. If I get. were to get one, that would probably be the only one I would get. But I, I don't ever want a tattoo. So yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan. The permanency of yes. tattoos is uh, off-putting to yes. me. You got it. Something that you have to have forever, forever, and forever. And I think my kid's name is the only thing that I will be associated with forever that I'll be cool with. Or the Eagles. I, I thought about, <laughs> trust me, way before I had kids, I thought about I really should probably... Or Batman. I should probably get an Eagles tattoo. Or a bat. Or a bat. But then it just seems, I don't know. On your forehead? Is it? Yeah, I need a big bat signal on my forehead. <laughs> <coughs> that would be the perfect the perfect solution to all my problems. Ah, all right. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on this day, February 14th. Singer Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. He's 48 years old today. I always liked that band. They get a they get a bad rap. A lot of people think I guess they're soft or yeah. whatever. But well, they came in that time of music where like all that all those bands sounded very similar. I just thought they seemed like pretty talented guys who wrote some pretty catchy hooks. But I'm not crazy. I'm just a little TV personality Pat O'Brien is 72 years old today. Remember Pat O'Brien? Yeah. He was so successful for a minute there. Yeah. He was, I started was, in sports. I always remember him on Sunday football yeah. on the NBC. And then he went into uh, entertainment journalism. Yeah. He was on Access Hollywood yeah. and Entertainment Tonight. Pat O'Brien. Fatuous blowhard. And then that, that call was released of him trying to seduce that woman with all the cocaine. Oh, yes, that's right. Why don't you come into the bathroom? <laughs> oh, I want to fuck you so bad and do all the cocaine. It's like, that ruined his career. 
Uh, magician Teller of Penn and Teller is 72 years old. Oh, today he's that old as well. Yeah. yeah, he's that old. He's the senior partner of Penn and Teller. Any idea where Teller was born 72 years ago, Eddie Pence, on this day? Any guesses as to what major metropolitan city Teller was born in? Can you guess? Philadelphia. I'm sorry, I can't. Philadelphia. My cold is a Philadelphia. Boy. Oh. Actress Meg Tilly is 60 years old today. Any idea what town sounds like Tilly? It, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go there. Actor Enrico Colatoni from Veronica Mars and Just Shoot Me. He's 57. Bassist Kevin Baldus of Lit is 48. Zach Galligan is 56 years old today. Simon Pegg turns 50. How great Simon Pegg. I love Simon Pegg. In everything. Pegg. Everything always he does. Good. I wish he'd make more movies. Me too. Actor Freddie Highmore is 28. And jazz saxophone... Mm, jazz saxophonist... My mouth stopped working <laughs> some time ago. Jazz saxophonist <laughs> Maceo Parker is 77. Maceo probably best known for his work with the uh, legendary godfather of soul, James Brown, but also was in uh, Parliament Funkadelic as well. Here's a little Maceo. magic pill you could take and play any instrument in the world, I think sax would be <laughs> yeah, it for me. Yeah, it would be pretty dope. If they could say, all right, we can hook you up to a computer, <laughs> put you to sleep, and when you wake up, you'll be able to play your choice of instrument, but you just sax. get one sax. Yeah. Put some sunglasses sax. on. Pretty goddamn cool. That's how Bill Clinton <laughs> won exactly, the presidency. I know. Yep. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. But we're not done with entertainment news just yet. No, you're probably wondering what's going on over there in the UK. Well, we've got the answers with our UK correspondent, Mr. Steve Ashton. Oh, Ralph, you're the man who makes Bruce Gamble look like Bruce Jenner. Bruce Gamble. He's a former mm. goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, really? Yeah, huh. I, did, I did some work and research on that, but clearly Sorry, brother. fucking wasted time. Hey, Sir Elton's in the news. Yeah, he sure is. Elton John and Bernie Taupin finally won an Oscar together. The duo took home the Academy Award the other night for the best original song for Rocket Man's I'm Gonna Love Me Again. Now, Elton previously won the Oscar for Can You Feel the Love Tonight from the original Lion King, which he shared with Tim Rice, or Egg Fried, as he's known at the Men Only Sauna. <laughs> uh Let's have a quick listen to uh, some of his acceptance speech. This is a dream for us. We've never been nominated before for anything like this. Thank you to the Academy. Thank you, but thank you to my fellow nominees for all the great work you do. There's some amazing talent in this room tonight. And uh, wow. And to my 
beautiful boys who are watching this in Sydney, Zachary and Elijah. Fuck off. Bye. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Saying that to his children. Well, he never sees them, so uh, it's probably why. Hey, the personification of the Wuhan coronavirus, James Corden, is in the news. <laughs> What's up with your pal? The rotting bag of ham has revealed that he had therapy to stop him being a brat after fame went to his head following the runaway success of his sitcom, Gavin and Stacey. It clearly hasn't fucking worked then, has it? <laughs> <laughs> The toxic vacuum of hope said he didn't handle his sudden public recognition well. After the sitcom he co-created took off, he said, I've started to behave like a brat uh, that I just don't think I am. Well, I beg to call you a low self-awareness ball bag. He said, <laughs> it's so intoxicating, that first flush of fame, and said, and I think it's even more intoxicating if you're not bred for it. I think he was bred for milking. <laughs> now, apparently, his parents pray for him. So we've got something in common there. I pray for him, Ralph. Do you? I pray for him to fall down a ravine, followed by a piano, a truck full of anvils, and all of the angry wasps in the world. <laughs> now, his sisters apparently tried to speak to him about what a dickhead he was. Uh, his mother, Margaret, said... Um, you can try and say, look, James, you're making a prat of yourself, but you can only do so much. His sisters would come in and say to James, don't be a dickhead. Now, apparently he agreed that he had to make a change and began seeing a therapist and told them in the first session he used to be a better person than this. I very much doubt that. Um, <laughs> he added that the biggest thing he had to learn how to do was to stay in and be comfortable spending time alone, something I'm certain before he was famous, he did an awful lot. <laughs> now, fancy a bit of Bond news to round out the week, Ralph? You know I do. Now, following the Super Bowl spot, another 30-second No Time to Die trailer landed on the E! channel. I, I always think it's pronounced like that because it's got the exclamation points. <laughs> yes. Landed on the E! channel uh, to coincide with the Oscars last Sunday. Now, it was captured by a fan on a mobile phone. Uh, the new footage sees Daniel Craig's James Bond holding Leah Seydoux's Madeleine Swan tightly, and they both say, this is it, to each other. Should we have a quick listen? This is it. This is it. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of him. James Bond. I've made you redundant. Not as long as there are people like you in the world. Come on, Bond. So, of course, in the trailer, we see a shot of 007 by a grave in Italy. Maybe this is Vespa Lynn's grave after her uh, you know, death in Casino Royale, perhaps. Um, mm. Whatever the case, Bond's holding a burning piece of paper which appears to say forgive me presumably that's what whatever terrible secret that swan has revealed to him uh, in the first no time to die trailer now a, a secret that blowfield says will be the death of bond himself then next up we see a new scene between rami malik's villain and w07 fans have been wondering if no time to die could actually see james bond being killed off do you think they'll be killing bond off ralph i can't imagine not seeing a spectre gross to $880 million worldwide, I don't think we've seen the last of Bond now, have we? Anyway, no. I've got to go now, Ralph. I'm, um, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee next week, the home of country music. 
How perfect for you. I know. So I need to acclimate. So what I'm doing this weekend is I'm going to be sticking knitting needles covered in battery acid down both ear canals to prepare <laughs> for all that god-awful fucking country music. <laughs> Y'all have a good time. Howdy. Oh, no. See ya. <laughs> and, of course, it is Friday. And on Fridays, we like to take a look at all the new movies in theaters this weekend in a segment called The Movie Beat. Call them Action. This is the first big weekend post-Oscars, so that means a flood of new films yeah. finally getting into theaters this weekend, starting with, of course, it's Valentine's Day. you got to have a romantic film out there, and that's what The Photograph is, starring Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield, the story of a woman whose mother is a famous photographer, and when she unexpectedly dies, she leaves her estranged daughter with a lot of hurt, angry feelings, and a lot of questions, and a journalist comes around to do a story on her mother's life, and... They fall in love together while learning some unexpected things about her mother. Here's a little bit of the trailer to the photograph. Hey, I'm Michael Block from the Republic. I'm doing a story about your mom. We don't know what we made of. How's your article coming? To be honest, I was a little distracted. I kept running back in my mind how you might respond to me asking you for a drink. So that was you asking me? In my mind, it wasn't that forward. You know what I mean? It was more smoother than that. <laughs> I'm I'm terrible at first dates. Are you good? <laughs> what was it like? Felt like we kissed before. Yeah, and he called me right after. To say what? He thought that I was special. It's not often you meet someone like that. I just really like her, man. You in love. Don't get involved too quickly. So don't get involved. Okay. First of all, I don't sound like a mad scientist, right? That's not how I talk. Your typical romantic film. Yeah. Nothing seems unique in that at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> this one seems unique. It's called Buffaloed. It is starring Zoe Deutsch, who I think is just charming as hell. Uh, she's, she plays a young girl in Buffalo, New York, who's desperate to get out of town, and she's trying to raise money, and she finds out that she's really good at debt collecting. She's sort of a hustler. Hmm. And so she starts working for a debt collector in town, but gets so good she opens her own debt collecting agency, and they start to go to war right. against each other. <laughs> this looks very funny, very charming, about low-rent life in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Zoe Deutsch is the star. Here is Buffaloed. What's the difference between a hooker and a debt collector? I like this joke. A hooker takes your money before screwing you. <laughs> I get it. Are you a debt collector? I'm relieving people with the burden of debt. Listen up, ass bags. Got a new number one. There's an amazing feeling you get when you find your true calling. Clearing your debt will decrease your stress, which will absolutely increase your milk supply. It was time to become my own boss. Always thinking bigger. Bigger. We were raking it in. Hallelujah. Testify, sister. They're shaking in their boots because they know we're the best, and we're going to put them out of business. This is war. Looks good. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Looks fresh yeah, and different and different. not a remake or a sequel, yeah. which I'm all for. Uh, speaking of remakes, oh, Downhill opens up this weekend with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Downhill? What's that based on? This is a remake of a Swedish film from 2014 called Force Majeure. Mm. You may have seen a clip of this online. It, it got a lot of viral attention when this movie came out. It's a story of a family that goes on a ski vacation in the Alps. And while they're out there having lunch, there is a controlled avalanche that happens in the mountains behind yeah. them. And they see the snow coming down the mountain, and it starts to build up speed as it comes towards the ski chalet and restaurant right. where, they're, where they're dining. 
and it billows up and it looks as if it's going to swallow them up whole. Right. And instead it just, it's controlled. It just goes up and then there's like a light dusting of snow that lands on top of the people on the, on right. the balcony who are eating, but they don't know that at the time. <laughs> and so the father of the family, Will Ferrell in this American version, grabs his phone and hauls ass and leaves his wife and two kids at the table trying to save himself. <laughs> oh, man. But when the dust settles and everyone realizes there was nothing to be afraid of, he slinks his way back to the table. <laughs> and then what are the repercussions of the dynamics of that family after that event has happened? Wow, that sounds fun. Genius concept. The uh, Swedish film was highly acclaimed. This is the American remake of that film starring Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Hard to pick a better cast. Yeah. Here's a little bit of the trailer of Downhill. I didn't leave you to be buried. I'm gonna win. I ran to get help. Yes, I'm gonna win. Yes, what happened? I choose to survive. I love my family. Every day is all we have! How could I run away in ski boots? What? Can you run in ski boots? Not very well. Boom. Exactly. Regardless, I wouldn't leave my family to die. That's boom. Yes, I am. That's boom. <laughs> this looks like a very tense, very funny yes. film. I wonder if they're going to take it in some good directions instead of just pay it uh, off. Oh, no, it looks very dark. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it'll, I think it'll be enjoyable. Sonic the Hedgehog. Talk about enjoyable, huh? Yeah, I have to go see this. Sonic, he runs so fast, I Eddie. Okay, he you picks don't up coins. Understand. He picks up coins. I thought the rings. Rings, whatever. They're, I don't he's know. He's fast, though. I know that. He's, yes. And he comes to our planet because he's trying to escape his planet because oh, everyone's trying to get his powers. Oh, okay. And then there's a mad scientist named Dr. Robot, Robotnik. Robotnik. Is that from the game? Yes. Dr. Robotnik? Yes. yes. Jim Carrey plays it. Oh, thank God. For those of you who are just been waiting for Jim Carrey to get an over-the-top role where he can really mug for the camera, I would say, first of oh. all, congratulations, you're out of the coma. <laughs> but I can't with this guy. Not anymore. No. And then James Marsden has to play his human best friend. Oh that guy's this got poor the... bastard. Why does he keep doing this to himself? He keeps becoming animated character's best friends. Oh, my God. It looks like a, just a nightmare. Start uh, to finish. And Colton wants to go see it. I gotta, I'm going to have to take him to see it. Maybe Ugh. you'll get lucky and there'll be an avalanche. <laughs> Here's some <laughs> of Sonic the Hedgehog. Super Sonic. Good morning, my rural chum. Mr. Dr. Robotnik. I'm going to give you five seconds to tell me where it is. Wait, don't hurt him. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> This can't be happening to me. Oh my God, stop the car right now. What? The world's largest rubber band ball? We gotta see it. No, this is not some fun family road trip. Eh, you're right. It was lame. Gift shop was cool, though. Sonic went and saw it, ran back, got back in the car, and had time to go to the gift shop yes, and buy a paddle ball game. That's how funny it is. Oh my God, you're gonna enjoy yourself so much. <laughs> has, has anyone done less with more than Jim? <laughs> other than cyclops i can't think I, and of it. then even no. that was a pussified version of cyclops yeah come on please uh, don't leave me for wolverine oh god uh <laughs> lastly fantasy island mr rourke is back but in a very different tone mm. fantasy island on television was uh full of hearts and roses and flowers and yeah. happy endings this looks horrific yeah 
the only way I can tolerate a remake of Fantasy Island is with this angle. It looks really spooky. Very, yeah. And a, like a dark psychological thriller. What happens when you want to change your life and they give you the opportunity, but things don't go necessarily the way you would like them to? Yeah. It kind of feels like a fantasy uh, a Twilight Zone yes. episode versus Fantasy Island. Here's a little bit of the trailer. Congratulations to each of you on winning the contest. And welcome to Fantasy Island. Life could be a dream. A place where anything is possible. I'm Mr. Rourke, ambassador to your deepest desires. Paradise up above. We're all curious how this all works. It's got to be some sort of immersive experience. Life could I promise be a dream. you, you will not be disappointed. Mr. Rourke tailors each fantasy specifically to the guest. I want to see some action. We want to have it all. Change the moment that I regret most. Revenge on a childhood bully. Hmm. Painfully unimaginative. But he gets them what they want and more. Oof. Looks terrifying. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not usually a horror movie guy, but I might go to see this it's, one. it's an interesting take on it. Looks very clever. Yeah. I love Michael Pena, who plays uh, Mr. Rourke in this yeah. as well. So that's it. Five new movies this weekend for you to go check out. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the movie beat now. Alrighty, that is it for today's show. For this week's batch of shows, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Come on back on Monday. We'll be here, hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to turn off my microphone and pass out any moment now. Thank you for joining us. Come on back on Monday. Whatever you're doing this weekend, make sure you do it safely. If you're celebrating Valentine's Day today and tonight, have a night full of love, romance, and magic. Yes. And then we'll be back here on Monday. Get to it. Yeah. Hopefully we'll all be sore. Summer you know loving. I mean, that's right. <laughs> we'll be sore like that stripper who fell off the 15-foot the pole. Love you guys. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>